Good evening. Good to see everyone here this evening. I hope uh, you are as pleased and happy to be uh, assembled with other Christians as I am. Uh, always a blessed time for me, and I hope for you as well, to be with those that love me, that I love, that we love, that we all love each other. And as Andrew read for us in John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I haven't taken a long time. I haven't gone through the Bible and registered everywhere the word love is used. But it is used a great many times. And it is central commands that we see revolving around that word. In, second, uh, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus talked about what the great commandments were in the law. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, with all thy strength, um, with all thy spirit. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus loved us enough to give his life, John 3, 16, that he died to save our souls. God gave his only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have life everlasting. And all throughout the epistles, you see Paul and Peter and John talking about loving one another and treating one another in the right way. Which brings us to what I'd like for us to think about tonight, and that is Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, which we know is the golden rule, and it's a good rule, and I don't know about you, but I found myself in the situation faced with a need to make a decision quickly, and you know whether, whether I'm able to recall what the Bible specifically addresses, um, I may find myself in this moral dilemma. What am I going to do? You know, they said that, or he did that, or she did that. Now, how should I respond to that? Well, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus provided, I think, a helpful tool in such a situation. And that is a quick and easy way to know what to do. And it's something that's easy to remember. And that is, again, Matthew 7 and verse 12. Whatever that you would men do unto you, do ye also unto them. This is the law and the prophets. Uh, we find that attached to many of those commandments about love. But we might ask the question, well, what exactly is the golden rule? Well, in a way, it was something new for that time. In a way. Uh, and, you know, there have been groups of religious people around that practiced and taught something similar. Uh, the Hindu religion, for instance, taught that this is the sum of duty. Do naught to others, which if done to thee, would cause thee pain. Okay. The Buddhist religion taught, hurt not others, 
with that which pains yourself. Okay, that sounds like a good rule. The Jewish traditions taught, what is hateful to you, do not to your fellow men. This is the entire law, all the rest is commentary. And that's from the Talmud. The Muslim religion taught, no one of you is a believer until he desires for his brother that which he desires for himself. The Baha'i faith teaches, he should not wish for others that which he doth not wish for himself, nor promise that which he doth not fulfill. And there are a lot of others we could look at, but finally, uh, Confucius, everybody's heard of Confucius, he said that what you do not want others to do to you, do not do to others. Now that was written around uh, between 553 and 479 B.C. So that was something that preceded Christ's statement, but is it the same? Well, I, w I would disagree that it's the same. You know, Jesus requires you to do something favorably to others while the others only prohibit you from doing something unfavorable to them. And there's a difference there. One may be called a silver rule, but the other is definitely gold golden rule. Jesus said, do unto others what you want them to do to you. The other said, don't do to others what you don't want them, what you don't want done to you. And the difference there is, with the others, all that is required is that you don't harm other people. That's all it is. If you don't hurt anybody, then you're good to go. But Jesus' rule is different. And it is of much more value because it requires us to show kindness to one another. And folks, there is a lack of kindness in the world today. If you don't believe that, if you haven't watched the news lately, you haven't read the papers lately about all the terrible things that people are doing to each other, just on an individual basis, but also uh, in, in groups, whole ethnic groups and uh, other countries and so on, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's horrible. And we say, how could they do such a thing? Well, the unfortunate thing is that uh, all of us has that, have that potential. That's why God gave the rule to take care of those who might spiritually err in that way. So G what Jesus taught was something new compared to what many teachers had taught prior to that. But in another sense, it was nothing new. Rather, in a simple and easy-to-remember st statement, Jesus gave us a guideline for righteous conduct toward others. That's a big deal. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20 through 48, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. But a part of it says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And there he's talking about anger and lust and divorce and oaths and retaliation loving your enemies. Pharisees are kind of short on that. You may have noticed by reading uh, how Jesus responded to some of their teaching. But Jesus taught a standard of righteousness that contrasted with that of the scribes and Pharisees. But it was in harmony with what the law actually revealed. 
It was in harmony with the law. And this one rule summarizes what the law and the prophets were all about. Just as the commandment to love your neighbors yourself summed up the law according to Paul in Romans 13, verses 8 through 10, and also Matthew 22, 37, as we talked about earlier, um, it's kind of like a, a, a pocket carpenter's rule. You've seen the little measuring tapes that you, for quick access, you can measure something. Well, this is something that is ready to be used. Doesn't need any adjustment. It's always set. Does it, you don't need to concern about, well, is this going to give me a true measurement? Because it always will. Because it is from God. And folks, even in an emergency, when there's no time to consult a friend or a teacher or to whip out your trusty Bible for advice, the golden rule can guide you into the proper conduct every time. That is, we treat others as you would be treated, and it is unlikely that you'll ever do a wrong thing. Unlikely you'll ever do something wrong. Now, what are some examples on how we can apply that? Well, I'm going to be brief. Julie told me it is Sunday night, so I don't have to go long. And uh, so I'm going to be brief. Imagine what it would be like to be told you are wrong or in sin. Wouldn't you want to be told in a loving and, and patient way? I mean, wouldn't instead of somebody walking up to you and say, Jeremy, you're going to knock a dent in the bottom of hell if you don't repent. And that may be true. I'm sure it's not with Jeremy, but it might be true with somebody. It'd be a true statement. But is that, is that the way you want to hear it? I certainly don't. I would rather somebody say, Brother Smith, you know, uh, uh, it came to my attention that whatever's transpired and I know you're not that kind of person and I would like to be able to help you with that. Can we talk? Can we pray together? Can we study together about this? And that's what I want to hear because that gets me off the defensive. Wrong kind of approach can put people on the defensive and they're not going to hear anything beyond that. They are not going to hear anything beyond that. But one rule summarizes the law and the prophets, Jesus said, and just as the commandment, love your neighbors yourself, summed up the law according to Paul, so does this sum up the law according to Christ. And folks, I don't know about you, but I need help. And if you treat others as you want to be treated, it's unlikely you'll ever get bad treatment from other people. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. The scripture says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, must be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Ephesians 4.15, the scripture says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. There's a couple things there we need to consider. 
And that is, if we're going to persuade people to change religiously, then we need to treat them in the right way, make it appealing to them, rather than we're going to argue and we're going to fuss and, and all of this kind of stuff that happens in religious discussions sometimes. It should be used in the same way in correcting one another. No one likes to have their mistakes or their errors pointed out. When necessary, I would really prefer to be approached with a meek and patient spirit rather than one of judgment and one of accusation. Um, I don't mind constructive criticism. Do you? As long as I know that's what it is. Not just somebody picking on me, you know. Um, but constructive criticism is a good thing because it's constructed. Because it's constructed. And folks, that also in treating uh, the way we treat our families and our neighbors and our enemies. Everyone likes to have a loving family, good neighbors, and no enemies. Wouldn't that be a goal to have? Loving family, loving neighbors, and no enemies. Well, if we apply the golden rule, not only will it transform us, but very likely, if we stick to it, then it'll also transform those around us. Sibling rivalry will stop. Wouldn't that be something, kids? Uh, neighborly squabbles would be non-existent, and enemies would become friends. I don't know about you, but I've, some of the best friends I've had were once my enemies. Were once my enemies. And it wasn't because of anything that I did great or spectacular or... Uh, magical. It was just that I st started treating them the way I wanted to be treated. And they saw the light, so to speak. So, if we use the golden rule in everything in our country today, uh, it would reconcile capital and labor, all the political contention and uproar, all selfishness and greed. All of those things would be solved by simply using the golden rule. And that would have such an impact on society uh, if more and more we followed Jesus' words and not our own ideas. But let's start close to home. Golden rule, let it transform our own lives and those closest to us. Edwin Markin, Markham, who lived from 1852 to 1940, said, we have committed the golden rule to memory. Let us now commit it to life. And this reflects on what is true with most people. They know the rule. I know the rule, but I don't live by it. I know the speed limit, but I don't always obey it. It's not convenient. And if Jesus is truly our Lord, then his golden rule should govern our life. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you go to the next chapter, chapter 15 and verse 14, I no longer call you uh, friends, uh, but family. I'm forgetting now. Um, because you love me, God loves you. Um, that's, you read it for yourself. But if he's our Lord... 
then his golden rule ought to govern our life. There's anyone here tonight who is not a Christian. Remember that Jesus wants you to do unto him as he did unto you. And that is that he gave himself entirely, completely, no questions asked, so that you could have eternal life. If you love him, keep his commandments. Are they hard? Believe in me. Repent of your sins. Confess me before men. Be baptized in water. Are those really that hard? No, if we get our minds in the right in the right place, then it would be the best, best decisions we've ever made. And I hope you haven't made that decision tonight that you will. It's high time. It's past time. But whatever you need is, if you need prayer, if you need counsel, whatever it might be, we're going to be led in an invitation song. And I hope at that time you come, you respond to that, and let us help. Let's, let's stand together.